This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group, and today we're talking about the recent RSA Secure ID breach incident with Terrell Herzig, Information Security Officer at UAB Medicine. Thanks so much for joining us today, Terrell. Well, thank you, Howard. RSA last week announced it was investigating what it characterized as an extremely sophisticated attack aimed at its Secure ID two-factor authentication products. Uh, Terrell, tell us a little bit about how UAB Medicine uses Secure ID now and how long you've been using the technology. You, you recently shifted from hardware to software tokens, right? Yeah, we're actually still in that process of moving from the Secure ID hardware tokens to more of a software product, there, the RSA software product. And we have been probably RSA customers for at least 10 years now. So we adopted two-factor authentication pretty early. Uh, we kind of saw that was the direction the industry was going to take in, uh, in one of the sure methods of verifying that you know who whoever's getting into our records is indeed the person that should be you know having access to the medical information so we adopted the technology quite some time ago and you use it for primarily physicians remotely accessing clinical that's, information yeah that's correct we usually uh that's our general mechanism if if you're a vendor or a party coming in to access our records remotely that's how we uh we use the RSA product so in light of the announcement last week, are you altering how you use security technology at all, at least in the short run? In the short term, I would have to say we were increasing our monitoring quite a bit and, of course, stepping up education with our users. And this is this is something I, I probably should point out, too. We order a lot of the tokens and, and do our own internal deployments, and it's really unclear in their their documentation they've sent out thus far you know exactly what with all their products are impacted and how that impact will continue to play out we have some some best guess just from the information that i've read it looks like that you know the the breach compromised either some internal sensitive information about how their algorithms or server technology worked uh which could result downstream in, in either some extensive upgrades or maybe even an organization have to go through a redeployment of their secure ID products, or it was a compromise of, of seed values or something related to the generation or the expectation of a certain code back from the secure ID products, which you know ultimately could result in recalls of some tokens. So uh, in the interim, we haven't really changed our deployment strategy except to uh, on a couple of lines. One, uh, we we won't be um, handing out tokens right now unless they're absolutely necessary, strictly for our clinical staff. Or, uh, on the other hand, uh, we will also be educating our users more about not handing out their PIN codes or things like that, because that's one of the key things that their documentation seems to uh, hammer home, and it makes perfect sense. Part of the weakest link is your individual in the organization, and the token can't be compromised unless those individuals cough up certain information that's uh, unique about themselves. So what do you perceive as the potential risk to your organization as a result of the attack against RSA's products? Well, depending on how much information they've got and what kind of attack they can put together quickly, if they um, if they can get the end user to disclose information about the token or their PIN codes, then uh, they could very possibly have enough information to come in as the individual user and assume their identity. Uh, there's a couple of things here in the health system we do to minimize an impact of that kind of event. We do not build our remote authentication services into our automatic 
uh, directory authentication services. So what we actually do is require the user to have separate uh, ID and password for those services. And then we minimize what the individual can get to when they when they go through that authentication, first-tier authentication process for remote access. So from those two endpoints, you know, if the system were compromised with the remote access portion, the ability of the user is based uh, on their role and what profiles and things they use internally. Uh, and, of course, then the, the person doing the attack would have to know what the other credentials the user had as well that's independent from the token. So can you explain what extra steps you're taking to monitor for potential problems stemming from your use of the Secure ID technology? If some of the information we've gotten from RSA tells what to look for in those log files, and I would encourage users to um, to go out to the RSA website, consult their uh, remediation guidance that they're suggesting. Uh, there's a lot of good tips in that, and specifically in that log monitoring things, they need to look for you know a high number of uh, failed uh, attempts to authenticate. And then, of course, some of the other token code events that they note in their best practices guideline for log management, which is out on the RSA website. I would recommend that customers go out and look at that and step up their vigilance when it comes to reviewing those logs. Go ahead and offer any other advice you'd give for oh, sure. customers. Go ahead. Well, some of the some of the recommendations they make are are really good. Uh, we just mentioned review the authentication uh, manager logs, but one of the things that they uh, continue to go back to is to make sure that the authentication manager database and server it's running on is secure. And here, uh, that's one of our key things. We always segment our infrastructure in such a way that we have multiple firewall coverage in situations for authentication servers and things like that, and don't give a whole lot of people access to those authentication servers. You want to kind of keep uh, keep those keys to the kingdom locked up themselves, and that's something that I think uh, uh, organizations would would be best to to look at and go back and reexamine in the light of this event. Also, with um, pin policies, uh, they want to make sure that you use strong pins. You know, in today's computer technology, it doesn't take a whole lot of computing power and effort to. Uh, to crack PIN codes, and if you're using weak PIN codes, uh, four digits, five-digit PIN codes, then, of course, that could lead to a rapid compromise. So they're actually recommending in their guidance at least eight digits in their PIN codes, and that's pretty smart. I would I would recommend that, stand behind that, uh, for daily use, not just in, in lieu of this event, but, you know, in extending the security of the technology, I would, I would promote uh, longer PIN codes. And, of course, then they're saying to protect that database and the authentication manager. And then if you have copies of it out there, not to store them on the authentication manager server, but make sure they're encrypted and stored in a safe location. So those are some of the kind of things that they have uh, related and talked about. And, of course, then they, they talk about go to your end users and educate them on some of the things that they should and should not be doing. For example, you know, enforce to the end user that they'll never be asked to divulge information like their token serial numbers, their token codes, pins, passwords, those kinds of things, and encourage people not to uh, freely give those up, and as well uh, not to bite for some of the social engineering gimmicks like uh, uh, clicking on a URL and email and being redirected to a site where you're prompted for those same credentials. So you haven't run into any problems so far that you know? No, we haven't. Um, you know, if I had a 
piece of wood to knock on there. <laughs> you know, we haven't we haven't yet. We're watching the situation. We're like, you know, any event like this, and I can understand why RSA is kind of reluctant to talk about what was compromised. But we will be watching closely and expecting, uh, you know, more correspondence on on what is going on, and then of course uh, the the final remediation efforts on what they're going to do with their product and what changes need to be made uh, to to get this any security that was compromised back into place. And how many users do you have approximately? Well, as far as our our um, hardware and software tokens deployed right now, we have roughly a couple of thousand out there. So. In terms of some organizations, not a whole lot, but in terms of uh, probably healthcare users, we have we have a large number. Well, thank you very much, Terrell. We've been talking with Terrell Herzig of UAB Medicine. This is Howard Anderson, and thanks so very much for listening.